Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to Growing in Grace and a Happy New Year. Hopefully, you're having a great new year uh, starting off this uh, 2017. I'm Joel Brzezinski along with Mike Kapler, the Growing in Grace podcast. You know, Cap, last week we had a, uh, a Merry Christmas podcast. The week before that, we had a podcast that was entitled, If We Sin Willfully. And it was based on Hebrews 10.26 that says, For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Well, prior to me even posting that podcast, I had had a conversation with someone on Facebook about that. And then when we post, after we posted the podcast, uh, some more comments were shared. And uh, we, we just kind of want to maybe do a uh, If We Send Willfully Part 2. Basically, we're going to be talking about this this subject of Hebrews 10.26, and If We Send Willfully, there's no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. So we're going to share a few more thoughts on that to either clarify some things we said, maybe to highlight some things, and maybe to, to bring some other things out. So hopefully Mike Kepler is doing well in this new year. Yeah. Joel, I, I'd love to go back and forth with you here and just goof around for a little bit. But considering you've kind of already set this up, part two of, of that program from two weeks ago is what we're going to be kicking off here. And this is what happens, though, see, when we get caught up staring at a verse of Scripture, misinterpreting it. And sometimes it's misinterpreted because people have a mindset already established about certain things in the Bible, things about Jesus, things about God, the gospel, and so forth. And so they interpret things from the lens of that mindset right or wrong, uh, it gets interpreted through that lens. Many times we see people coming up with a verse of Scripture, laying down a, a misinterpretation of it, because it will contradict so many other passages of Scripture in the Bible, their misinterpretation of a, a particular verse. And this was a great example of it, and just based on some of the, the input and feedback we've had positive feedback that we've had, it's gotten a lot of attention out there addressing this, because keep in mind, everything the writer of Hebrews had been talking about for all these many chapters came down to this comment where the old system of sacrifices that came through the law, they came to an end. And so you don't go down that path anymore, the animal sacrificial path, the blood of, of innocent animals being shed, because it did not work. It did not meet the need. And so if you have received the knowledge of the truth, and you still stay stuck in that old system that has been made obsolete and put away, then there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sins because God only provided one sacrifice once for all through his son, Jesus Christ. Basically, what this Hebrew writer is telling his Hebrew brethren is that if you go back to that sacrifice of the blood of bulls and goats— and you reject, therefore, the blood of Jesus, there's no other sacrifice for you. The writer is not saying that if you sin, 
Jesus' blood doesn't cover you. Now, here's the thing. Here's the comment <laughs> that we received, and we did get a lot of feedback on that podcast, many shares, many likes, and, and all that retweets and things like that. But here's something that somebody said in regards to Hebrews 10.26. She says, If we continue in sin after we have been given the truth, and I'm quoting here, there is no more sacrifices that will cover us. Yeshua's one great sacrifice does not cover willful sinning. I mean, that that just is a very breathtaking statement. I mean, imagine, just imagine that. Jesus came as one of us, as we talked about on our Christmas podcast. He became one of us, and then he went upon the cross, and he shed his blood for the remission of sins. He shed his blood to take away sins. But if you sin, and if you mean to do it, then sorry, his blood doesn't cover that. That that makes me sad to hear somebody say that when I repeat what this person had written. How sad that Christ's sacrifice takes away my sins unless I sin. That's just sad, Mike. (laughs) Right. And based on the uh, interaction I saw on the social media, I suspect that she's a a good-hearted person who was Mm -hmm. trying to make a case for what she believed, but really a statement like that, and I've listened to you say it a couple of times now, it's an alarming statement. It's an alarming statement that the blood of Jesus Christ would not cover that. First of all, it would leave all of us hopeless. It would would put us in a place where we had no hope whatsoever. Where, Where do you go with that when somebody sins and there's no blood to cover that sin or to take the sin away? in the reality of the new covenant, then what happens? I mean, you're, you're lost without hope again. So it's an alarming statement. To diminish the blood of Jesus in that way is an insult to the spirit of grace. And Joel, let me, let me just rattle off a few things here, just to remind our listeners during our, our Hebrew series. I mean, even going back to John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes will have everlasting life, unless you sin willfully. Of course, it doesn't say that at the end. There's no fine print. There's no tax title or license to, to any of that. You can find so many places in the scripture that talk about believing by faith, receiving this gift by belief, this gift of eternal life, that Jesus did all that was necessary for us to inherit forever. Jesus said in John six forty seven, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Eat me. And so over and over again, we see this. I mean, even in, in the book of Acts, Acts 13, this was Peter speaking, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. Again, there's no fine print in there after that. There's no condition attached like what you would find under the law in the Old Covenant. There's none of that. Here's a few more nuggets, and then I'll I'll get you back in here, Joel. But these things were were going through my mind when, when you see somebody trying to fight this thing with the blood of Jesus Christ. God will be, this is just from the book of Hebrews, God will be merciful to our iniquities and remember our sins no more period. With his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all time and, get this, secured our redemption forever. It's eternal. 
Hebrews 9.12. By the power of the eternal spirit, Christ himself offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for, for what? For our sins. (laughs) For our sins, Joel. And then uh, finally, Hebrews 9.27, but now once for all time, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death as a sacrifice. And we can go on and on here, but the the point is that the writer of Hebrews is making his point, laying out his case, showing us that a new covenant had been established uh, upon better promises. And therefore, if you are going to sin after receiving the knowledge of the truth, any kind of sin whatsoever, there no longer remains a sacrifice. Because if you're going to trust in the old system that God has brought to an end, you're out of luck. God provided one sacrifice, and that's the one we look to, not not the old stuff, not the old covenant stuff. That's in context what the writer was talking about. Yeah, and, and what you're saying makes me think of Romans 3. I'll read this according to um, the uh, not-so-correct version. It says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, unless they sin. Uh, No, actually it goes on, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as propitiation by his blood through faith, and it goes on there. But see, the thing is that you take this one verse out of context and then you have to change all these other verses. You have to add that to all these other verses, and it, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work if you try to do that. And uh, one thing to reiter- uh, reiterate that we had talked about last time, tying Hebrews 10.26 and going back to verse 18, the writer leads up to verse 18 in Hebrews 10 by talking about what you had said, Cap. God had said in this new covenant, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. And so that's the point, that there has been a remission of sin. God has taken away our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ, and so there's no longer an offering for sin. It's not that there's no longer an offering for sin if we sin. It's that there's no longer an offering for sin because that one sacrifice took our sin away. So if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth— there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. The reason for that is because there is no other sacrifice for sins. It's only that one sacrifice. The one sacrifice of Jesus took away all sin for all time. And if you want to go back to the blood of bulls and goats, I'm sorry, but there's no other sacrifice for you. I don't know if we've covered everything uh, we want to here. We've got a couple minutes left, Cap. Well, I, I think we've made the point, Joel, is that you just can't get trapped inside of a a Bible verse and have it go up against everything else that there is. You've got to consider the context. And sometimes that not only means going back a few verses, but sometimes a chapter or several to get the point. But you just connected a, a very important dot in the equation, and that is Hebrews ten eighteen. Then leading up to that sometimes controversial verse of Hebrews 10.26, if we sin willfully. I've got another version here in front of me on on Hebrews 10.18. It might be the NLT. I'm not really sure. But when sins have been forgiven, and again, if you take everything the writer said up to this and then carry this over to 10.26, you'll see it begins to make sense and gives us hope (laughs) in a better covenant. (laughs) 
established upon better promises. So verse 18, and when sins have been forgiven, when they have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the writer is talking about here because he kind of closes out the 10th chapter of Hebrews talking about those who rejected the law of Moses back in the day could die without mercy on the testimony of just two or three witnesses if they rejected that law. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot and counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace? See, you can't just count this sacrifice as like any other sacrifice. This one took care of the issue of sin coming between us and God ever again. Does that mean we go out looking for opportunities to sin? No. Grace will do just the opposite of that once you begin to understand who you are in him. Yeah, and see, the the thing about the book of Hebrews is it's meant to be encouragement to believers regarding that one sacrifice of Jesus. It's meant to show the Hebrew believers that there was that one sacrifice, and it was sufficient. That's the point of the book of Hebrews. Jesus was superior to the Old Covenant. Everything he did was completely sufficient. It's not meant to scare people. It's meant to secure. It's meant to show believers their security. And speaking of that, uh, coming up next week, how can I be sure God has forgiven me? We're going to be talking about forgiveness and whether or not we need to confess every single sin. Uh, That's coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.